Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Very excited to announce the newest podcast to the Ringer Podcast Network family. It's Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. So this pod is gambling, 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 and more gambling. Yes, I have a gambling problem, and yeah. I want to share it with you. I want to yeah. make it your problem. And it's not just football. NHL playoffs, uh, NBA playoffs, baseball, horse racing, there's boxing, UFC. When we hit- SummerSlam. Oh, all the wrestling. When we hit July, we have a, a hot dog eating contest for Nathan's. And some surprise celebrity guests. Yeah. All right. It's Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcast. And we're thinking about once a week, right? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker, here with Dave Schilling. I'm back, baby. We have so much to talk about, and we I don't do. know if any of it really matters. I'm, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me admit something to you. Um, uh, this makes me a bad wrestling fan, I know. But I was watching, first of all, I was watching, I watched SmackDown this morning on Hulu, so if that makes me a bad wrestling fan, just put, check, check the uh, bad wrestling fan column one time right there. Here comes the big check, though. It opened up, and you know how it is on Hulu and all the streaming services. It's like half the time you push play and you're like, crap, I'm watching an episode from three months ago and I just something I just misunderstood what I was pushing play on. They said, the last show before the Backlash pay-per-view, and I immediately exited out thinking I, this was from a month ago. <laughs> We're in pay-backlash season. The road to pay-backlash is coming to an end very soon. Oh, my gosh. And not a moment too soon. I texted you me. the other day I mean, th- and, and did not get as much of a response as I wanted, but I honestly, like, we, get rid of the branded pay-per-views. Every, no, 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 no. I disagree. I know, but let me make my case first. Okay. I know that you disagree. It's too confusing to watch Raw and SmackDown on back-to-back nights live, or if you do it like I did it this week and last week, in a giant, just giant, hazy morning Hulu WrestleFest, uh, watching everything at once. It's just too confusing to keep these like dueling pay-per-views separate. And it's not like, I, I understand it's not that confusing. I'm all for like complicating wrestling storytelling and everything, but if you, it would make so much more sense if there was just one big show a month and I get the brands are separate. They're not fighting each other. But every time on every month, it's just like the six mat five or six matches that are most vital get to be on the card. That's it. And that way, every and, and that way, an episode of Raw is doesn't like every feud doesn't have to follow the same paces because it's every you know every match is or every feud is paying off at the exact point in the future. You know, go home shows don't have to be entirely. You know, one guy going over the other guy so we all know he's going to lose at the pay-per-view or whatever. Like, it, it would it would allow for so much more variance in storytelling on each show. And then the pay-per-views are all, you know, just have, have a little bit of, like, vitality to them. These are, the like, the feuds actually have to earn our attention at the pay-per-views. Yeah, but the the structure of it and the, the separate branded pay-per-views don't prevent them from being more creative with the way the show is written. That is, I think, a fallacious statement. That is correct. I cannot dispute that. They, they've, they've written themselves into a corner by deciding that every show needs to follow this very set formula, uh, but that has nothing to do with the way that they organize the calendar. Uh, Think about these as, as Clash of the Champions back no, in the no, WCW no. days. I, listen, I get it. For one thing, WWE is never going to never going to even pretend that these aren't that every pay-per-view isn't the biggest thing that's ever happened in WWE, so... You know, maybe that's a, no- a knock on on the way they tell these stories in a sort of macro way. But um, but yeah, listen, I agree with you. I'm all for the brand split. I like keeping things separate. And, and, and you know, 
this is the way you are arguing for it is totally defensible. Um, but if you if you if you let the pay per views be separate entities, first of all, again, there doesn't have to be any crossover. Um, and it allows for like super shows on the like on an occasional Tuesday night or something like that. Give it when a big match happens on Tuesday, it'll feel bigger because it's actually a different thing than the pay per view that's going to happen on Sunday. Because we all, I mean, but but as it stands now, it all just sort of blurs together because it's just like an extra extra episode of SmackDown with you know less James Ellsworth backstage promo or maybe not less James Ellsworth promos. Like it, it's just it's just more of the same. Well, one of the reasons why I think it's it's even more important to keep these uh, separate branded, single branded pay-per-views is because it gives more talent the opportunity to work longer matches. So, you know, you've got these people that are coming over from NXT who are working long matches every once in a while on uh, on a takeover, but they're not doing it every month. They're certainly not doing it every week because Raw and SmackDown have very specific time constraints. Sure. Well, they don't have time constraints. Again, this is this is a well, thing. They WWE, do. They could be, so, WWE could solve this on their own. I mean, that's <laughs> just like your argument from before, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's two ways of doing it. Obviously, there's probably more than two ways of doing it. I just think that it would be so much more interesting if we actually just got, and then every month it would feel like, I mean, if we could have the Fatal Five Way as the main, and then like Randy versus Gender was like the co-main, like that would be a big, that would feel like a big show we were watching this weekend, you know? Well, they just need to do a better job of making every angle and every feud feel important. And yeah. and, and that's going to solve all of the I problems. Just, I just think at the core, and it's it's less, I mean, I, I don't mind. I'm going to watch all this stuff anyway, and it's all going <laughs> to eventually blur into a, you know, into a blob in the back of my brain, but the... But the, I think that this is just an example, one of those many, many examples of WWE taking a good, like a good idea and just like over executing it. Like the brand split is a, is a positive thing for any number of reasons. Um, pr- pr- I mean, primarily, I mean, I don't know, is the, is giving people a chance to perform that, you know, to, to have screen time that wouldn't get it if it was just, you know, we were there for John Cena taking up an hour and a half of weekly programming across two shows for all those years. But like the brand split can be good, and it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to extend to the pay per view model. You know, I mean, it's like it, it can be. I mean, it, it does, and, and every pay per view doesn't have to be like Clash of the Titans. I mean, you know, Clash of the Brands. It's just that it's just, they're just pay per views. It doesn't matter. I mean, no, there's nobody who's a SmackDown exclusive viewer. I mean, okay, as time goes on, there are more and more like smarks that you know, people like us that will say they care more about SmackDown or I'm only watching NXT now or something like that, but. The vast majority of people who are paying for this stuff or subscribing to the network, there's no differentiation between them. It's great that there's a brand split, but there's no necessity to tell the pay-per-view stories in, in separate chunks. At the end of the day, it's about the network and it's about subscriptions and it's about having as much programming as possible to promote to get people to subscribe. And if you can do two pay-per-views a month or a pay-per-view um, you know, every two weeks or whatever, it seems like, you're going to have more opportunities to yeah, no, no, that, that's, say there's a special thing on the network. If you just subscribe nine 99, you get it and you get this and you get this and you get this. And that's really the, the, um, the motivation behind all of this. Yeah. So it, it, until they figure out how to tell the stories more effectively, um, on both shows, we're going to have these weird, we're going to have Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan on the show for some reason, or we're going to have the, 
sort let's of just, sloppily thrown together Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin feud. Let's just skip right to the meat of this podcast, man. We're talking about it. Let's just run down this backlash card because this has the opportunity to be potentially one of the greatest pay-per-views in WWE history. <laughs> or no, 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 wrestling history. Oh my God, Tony Schiavone, what are you doing? You've um, taken over David Shoemaker's body. <laughs> We get it, but no, we we should be talking about wrestling, but we also should talk about we should be like fantasy booking the NBA draft because that's like half of my brain right now. The NBA draft lottery is just one of those things that's just like so pro wrestling, like it's just like I. I it was a real mark out me. moment for me when the Lakers uh, kept their pick. But let's move on. Let's talk about backlash. Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. I'm excited for this one. I know we're talking about this upcoming SmackDown pay per view, um, but I want to take this take an opportunity to talk about Bailey. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> great. Because I actually think Ty Dillinger and Bailey have like they're like it's interesting to compare their career, their their main roster career so far. You're down on Bailey. I don't want to spoil this too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's I don't think that's a secret. But yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's not it's and it's not that you know it's not that hot of a take. No. She's not been you know excelling to an incredible degree on the main roster. Um, but I will say, and we'll talk more about Bailey. I will say that the one thing to my mind that has been a mitigating success is that pushing her to the moon makes it sort of impossible for her to completely fail. Yeah. It's not exactly like a monster push, but like there's a version of Bailey where she comes on and they try to work her up from the bottom. And that's the thing that I probably suggested on this podcast where if she doesn't click working her way up, then she's just done and they're repackaging her as, you know, as I don't even know what it would be. I don't think she's re- repackageable. There's someone that that's someone who's so specifically playing themselves or a version of themselves that if you try to change their character, it's just going to like be like a rejected organ in sure. a transplant. I mean, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but it I would think be tough. there's a it limit. Really there's a limit. There's a limited number of options, presumably. Um, uh, but what? But like, like I said, I, it has been to her benefit, and probably at the, in the end, like the net benefit of the women's division on Raw and, and just in general, WWE in general, that we're that we're establishing her as a player, even if it's not clicking perfectly. Whatever, she's not fail. I mean, she's not she's not going to be written off TV anytime soon, presumably. Um, contrast that with Ty Dillinger, who is getting a more traditional pop for the debut, but let's work him up from the bottom of the rank sort of push, or. I use push kind of in a, in the very loose sense. Um, I mean, I think my, my concern is that Ty for as great as, as, as fun as it was to cheer for him in NXT and as talented on many levels as this dude is, is that, is that the connection might, is not going to be the same. This is a general thing. I'm not, I'm not commenting specifically on his performance so far on SmackDown, but in general, I don't know if there's the, the ability to connect on you know in big arenas like there is in NXT, the whole crowd you know after after the hype dies down, there's not as much there. I, I just think that they run the risk of him being basically a jobber to the stars within six months if they don't find the right thing for him to do. And in NXT, it was it was an organic crowd based push. You know, I don't know if he's going to get that benefit on SmackDown. Like if they had put him in the Jinder Mahal role, I don't think it would have succeeded, but it would have been like what they did with Bailey in the sense that we're just going to pretend Ty Dillinger is a headliner and let's, and we'll go forward from there or backwards from there. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, well, what no, do you think Ty's future is on SmackDown? It definitely like the Bailey thing took for granted that everyone loved her already. And it's true. And, and yeah, I mean, most people did, um, who were NXT fans were Bailey fans. The Ty Dillinger thing 
is assuming that we don't totally know who he is, which is a weird choice because the 10 chant is now just sort of expected whenever the referee is counting people out. Um, that's become a part of the firmament of the WWE universe is, is the 10 chant. So people know who he is. Do we need to build him up from the bottom? Probably because he plays better as an underdog. Sure. This makes sense for him. And, you know, it, putting him in a, in a, a U.S. title feed with Kevin Owens right away isn't necessarily going to be great for him because he's not the world's best promo. Um, or wrestler. <laughs> I think he's a pretty good No, worker. no, he's good. You're, I mean, yeah. he's not the world's best. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's, he has promo deficiencies. Um, he's a good worker, but he's not lights out AJ Styles. No, I mean, five we've, star seen, we've seen, and again, I have, I, I enjoy watching Ty Dillinger. And if you want to give him, if you want to give him, you know, when you're like breaking down his skill set, if you want to give him one thing that's, that may be in the headliner, uh, like a, a skill that's like a headliner level skill, it's the fact that you don't look away when he's on the screen, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call that. But we've seen guys who just washed out of NXT that were better from better than him on the mic or in the ring. You right. know, I mean, yeah. it's he, he's the he's the tin chant away from being one of those guys potentially. You know, yeah, and he struggled to to make it this far from being Tino Sabatelli's tag team partner. I mean, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of he he's he is he is both very gifted and, and even more lucky. And that's the way these things work, though. I mean, it's like people used to say that the yes chant was more over than Daniel Bryan. You know, what I mean, and there I didn't agree with that, but that's a that's an argument you could have made. You know, and this I mean, is that's that's just like that's burying Daniel Bryan and, and and not giving him credit for getting it over. That's like saying, yeah, but like it's the not, what chant was more over than Stone Cold Steve Austin well, because people did, still do if, it. If it had been connected to him from the very beginning, you might you might have been able to make that case for Austin. Yeah, well, it was it was him that he came up with. No, no, no. But if he had been if like the first Austin three sixteen promo oh, was also sure. started a what chant, you right. know, whatever, yeah. you know, the, he was already over when he created that. I understand that, but. Yeah, Ty Dillinger is is at the mercy of the writers of SmackDown, and if they want to make him a thing, they could do it um, using vignettes or you know using in ring work and storytelling uh, inside the squared circle, or they can just let him be sort of a novelty act. It's entirely up to them. Yeah. Uh, but he, there is a there is a path forward for him to be a mid card. Sure. Attraction. That's a path forward for him to be a champion, man. This is a lot of talk about Ty Dillinger. I would just say in my, kickoff in my imaginary in my imaginary world where pay per views are not brand specific, and you can actually do like I would love there to be an episode of SmackDown where Dillinger versus English was the main event because we're saving the big match for this pay per view because whatever like you can let these things play out in different ways. That's sure. Uh, I think it's it's impressive that he's gotten he got over in NXT and that he will presumably stay over. Working underneath, he never main evented at, at NXT. He never won a title. He never won a match on a takeover. So the fact that he's in this position, that he is over to the extent that he is, is a miracle. And yeah. it says that they're probably doing this right. Well, they didn't do Bailey correctly. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision here. We're not going to talk about Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. Why is this on the card? That's the only thing I want to know. As I thought mm -hmm. they settled their differences. Eric Rowan won clean. Right? Was that a clean finish? I, I just said we're not going to talk. That's about one it. of those That's things it. I fast forwarded through on SmackDown. Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin is officially announced as of Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually interested. You know, we say over and over again, it doesn't matter who wins and who loses in wrestling, or at least I do, and that's a fact. 
don't you can complain all you want but I'm interested to see how this match plays out just because this is a thing where like both guys need to look good now Sami Zayn can keep losing and kind of keep his underdog thing going but um I think we'll know I mean Sami Zayn kind of I don't know if needs the win, but Sammy, a win would look good on Sami Zayn if they have immediate plans for him. And with the shape of this roster, they should have immediate plans. They're going to need both of these guys in a higher level match next month, you know? So that that part will be interesting about that. Other uh, other than that, you know, we've seen them wrestle a handful of times. They have fairly good chemistry. Baron Corbin is certainly, like, improving. I don't, I'm not mad that he's around anymore. To the extent that I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's compare Sami Zayn to Ty Dillinger because they're both guys who made their name in NXT in terms of WWE fan awareness. And they're mm, both... Good save. They're both... <laughs> yeah, I mean... And they're both, uh, you know, guys who have to play underdogs because of size limitations or character traits that just naturally um, make them better underdogs. Yeah. Sami Zayn is, is a better promo um, and he's a better worker. But at the same time, him losing, something about him losing makes you like him more. And the sure. same thing is true of Ty Dillinger. The the more he lost on TakeOver, uh, on the TakeOver events, the more you wanted to cheer for him I, to get that one win. So I'm fine with Sami Zayn losing. Baron Corbin is clearly being targeted for a main event push. Wouldn't that be great if the main, if Randy Orton just faced a bunch of, like all of his all of his feuds over the next six months were just dudes who everybody was mad that they were in the main event. I think that's where we're going. Honestly, this is going to be like the John Cena era. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I think, I just think Sami Zayn is just such like he, everything about him reads underdog from his look to his ring style, mostly his look and Ty. I think one of the problems with Ty is that you, you, you look at him and if, I mean, if you hadn't been watching wrestling for six months and you looked at Ty Dillinger, you would just be slightly confused as to what you were looking at. Generic handsome guy is what i see when but I he's see like him. he's got the weird ponytail and the and the the weight lines cutting his hair and stuff i mean it's just there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of things going on doesn't really add up to jobber you know if he just had like a crew cut and a and you know plain tights or something then like maybe he would just you could just push him as like the new iron mike sharp anyway enough about ty <laughs> dillinger damn it he's um, part, he's a perfect tin man i can't help myself shinsuke nakamura versus uh dolph ziggler if this is not, you know, a 15 minute, 15 to 20 minute clean win for Shinsuke Nakamura, I will be shocked. It's pretty clear that he has to win clean in yeah. his first match. Yeah. I think the only question here is how much time they give it. I mean, we have, I mean, it's not exactly a stacked card, but if, but you know, we've got a couple of things that sort of will need some time. The women's match that we'll talk about in a sec, the, both title matches, both singles title matches, but yeah, I mean, it would be it would be incredible if WWE just used the latitude they have in the wonderful brand split era that you were defending earlier, and just gave them gave this match twenty five minutes or something. It won't happen, but it's it, it has the potential to be. And besides Owens versus Styles, the best match on the card. Both guys can work. Shinsuke's over with every crowd uh, that he's appeared in front of in WWE so far, and in, in the main roster, and certainly in NXT. So this is going to be, it's going to be hot. There's going to be a lot of heat for this. His entrance is going to go on forever and it's going to be one of those, you know, special moments that we love so much in wrestling, but you can't have him lose his first match. You can't have him even lose his first match via chicanery. It has to be clean. I think I'm going to break some news here. Oh, great. I can say, I can finally say out loud that we interviewed Shinsuke Nakamura and a handful of other Wait, we can say it? Yeah. You know, 
I don't know when those interviews are going to make light. Hopefully, they very, said, very soon. But they said we can say it. Well, we can talk about it. Okay. Should we run through the list so people know? No, no, no. We'll, we'll just we'll Okay. Shinsuke was one of them. But one of the things that Shinsuke said that was really interesting to me was that we, we asking or talking about who he was looking forward to working with or whatever. And he was like, a lot of my friends have told me that Dolph Ziggler is a very good wrestler. <laughs> he is. He is. And, no and, question. And I think this is going to be a really interesting style matchup. Um, but the, the most intriguing, just as a total wrestling nerd, I'm fully, uh, I'm going to be watching this match, trying to read like how many times they've actually even practiced, like been in the ring together and like right. whatever, because it's like, you just sort of take it for granted that there's that, that there's a you know a, a, fl- a floating gym following around the WWE tour bus and they can all just go in there and like get some reps in together and stuff and of course they work house shows and these guys have worked together a lot but like you know it's not that long we talked to him just a couple weeks ago and he like it really seemed like he'd never you know I don't think they've touched at all. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating for on that. All right, we got to keep moving. Uh, Naomi versus I mean Naomi Charlotte and Becky versus Natalia Carmella and Tamina with James Ellsworth, the welcoming committee. Um, they had a contract signing on SmackDown. It devolved into a Pier Six brawl. Seems like a very weird way to be using Charlotte. I don't think she works as a babyface. Well, I'm just talking about putting her in a six person tag match when she's your the second best worker on your roster well i i think the 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 idea is to put all six of these women on the same level for everybody listening i was putting uh i was putting kevin owens above her i think aj styles is trash um i'm just kidding these these six women are are the the division uh, assuming that uh, lana's not going to be wrestling I mean, no, no, no. I still get, don't I get, know, I get, but like, I get putting them on the need, card. They need to, they need to all lock up and, and seem like they can exist in the same universe sure. because Charlotte does exist above all of them. She's a better worker, she's a better promo, and she's a bigger star than everybody else in this match, unfortunately. So, what better way to give everybody a rub than for them all to work together in a tag match? The question of course, is why is this on pay-per-view? But I think it's because they're not sure what they want to do with Charlotte yeah. or with the belt. You know, if you're going to do Charlotte as a baby face, I hate the fantasy book here, and you want to elevate all these people up to her, you should just let Naomi turn heel, or just not even be healed, but just be a little bit standoffish, like, I don't really want to give you a shot. The first, the match they had together, they have one or two matches on SmackDown so far. They had one. Just one. Um, it, that was a good match. Yeah. But how great would it be if it was just like a deal where Naomi was just like, you know, you're new on this show. I've been here forever. You can fight me when you fight every other woman on the roster and beat them. And then just have like Charlotte actually having almost like a mini like Goldberg streak, like have her fight a different wrestler at every pay-per-view until like SummerSlam or in some in big shows, whatever. And SummerSlam, she finally gets Naomi. (laughs) You're talking about Naomi like she's uh, Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. Exactly. That's exactly That's perfect. Yeah, I mean that way you could have like you know Charlotte versus Becky, or maybe maybe you dispatch you know Becky gets only just gets a SmackDown match, but then it's like Charlotte versus Carmella at a pay per view to make to make Carmella look legit. You know, you could actually just have that. Just sometimes the easiest story is just like making a really simple story and telling it in the ring. Anyway, um, I think that there's no chance that the welcoming committee wins this. Actually, that's not true. The welcoming committee is probably going to win just because I said that. It's the only way to, to to further this this angle is for them to get you know a chicanerous victory. 
the only uh, yeah, it wouldn't make it wouldn't be very realistic, but um, it turns out wrestling's. And fake. they need to do a beatdown. I want to see a really nasty beatdown in this match. The the lineup for this card on Wikipedia is just, the order is very strange. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Um, this is gonna be. This is why we're all tuning in. Yeah, this has the potential to be a match of the year candidate because of the two people that are involved. If they cared about the network, about rating, uh, ratings don't matter on the network, but if they really wanted people to be tuning into this whole card, they would just say Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles is going on first, and it's like a 30-minute Iron Man match. You know, they always say wrestlers either, you know, want to go on last or they want to go on first. Uh, the, 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 the curtain jerker is a good spot for this, this match, the same way that AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon yeah. was a great curtain jerker at WrestleMania because you and know, Owens versus Jericho at the, uh, at the, what's it called? The payback. You know, you're going to get a great match out of the people that you put in that spot. The problem is there's not a that. ton of work rate outside of, I mean, Nakamura Ziggler, if you, if you bump that up the card, I'm just looking at the order now and trying to rearrange things in my head, but there's, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to end the show with a like a insufferable procession of the tag match, the women's match, and like Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin, and then Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. Let's let's not be too surprised if the main event ends up being Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler. Have you heard that? No, I'm just they've been advertising Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura uh, more than any other thing for backlash, and why not send everybody home with a babyface win? There's going to be some weird shit. Is the in most this po- is the most powerful thing, or we have two more matches. This is this is the hell of a preview. Is I th- I th- I, part of me feels like the most powerful meta booking thing decision they could possibly make would be to ha- would be to like put that off. Could you imagine if they said that was the main event and then Nakamura came out on crutches and there was just no match? You would basically kill the town. <laughs> Whatever town they're in, it's dead. They'll never. Oh, I would get love people that back. so much. Like that's the sort of like what the fuck heat that only exists <laughs> that only wrestling can can provide. Okay, Usos versus uh, Brizango for the SmackDown tag belts. This is a weird one. Um, the promos that they cut against each other feel like they're existing on two different shows. Yes, the, the Usos cut these really kind of half funny, half menacing promos. In a jargon that I barely understand. I don't know what uh, day one ish means. I get it's some. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I'm matter. I'm okay with that one. It doesn't matter what it means, but it's just like there's there's a lot of words. There are a lot of words in their promos. Um, and then you've got a comedy team. Uh, it just it doesn't click in the same way that New Day and the Wyatts didn't yeah. click. Yeah, true. And I don't really, I'm, I'm always defending, I mean, I don't give much credence to a lot of people saying people are getting buried, but like Primo and Epico getting, just being fodder for Brizango of all things, right? <laughs> like on the SmackDown, I thought, I felt, hey man. That's, that was a really odd one to me. I want Brizango Bri- to succeed, but yeah. Like, don't you? I mean, Brizango has a gimmick and the, the colognes don't. My favorite, I was, I was reading on Tuesday night, was reading the, uh, the Uproc SmackDown recap. Um, just to like, you know, just going over everything. And I, for some reason, this cracked me up. It's like super bare bones, you know, it's just the write up of the show. But this, this line was uh, this is the description of the Brizango Colognes match. Fandango scored the pin on Epico after hitting a Falcon Arrow. After the match, the Usos came out and informed Fandango and Tyler Breeze that they would be beaten this Sunday, <laughs> which is just a hilariously straightforward way of putting it. And also, that's about the full depth of this feud. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I love when 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 uh, historical jobbers win a match, and you're like, "Oh, that's their finish." I totally forgot what their finish was because you haven't seen them win a match in like two years. 
I mean, we got these guys are good workers, you know. Yeah, and they and they've done a, a great job with the the vignettes, the fashion files vignettes. I hope they keep doing them. It's a it's a clever way to get them over, and I wish they did that with with more guys on the roster. I got to tell you, I think they're really clever, and I uh, and I think they're really. I mean, they're some of the coolest vignettes they've done, and it makes me care about Brizango zero percent more. It'll be sad when they lose. <laughs> It'll um, be real sad when they lose. Randy Orton versus. The greatest wrestler in pro wrestling history, Jinder Mahal. The Maharaja himself. The Maharaja. <laughs> With the Singh brothers for the WWE Sing, uh, WWE Championship. It's, for some reason, for some reason, I'm excited about this match after SmackDown. Can we talk a little bit about Randy Orton's, uh, his uh, blood feud with indie wrestling? Oh, God. <laughs> Before we get to Randy Orton taking a razor blade to the entire indie wrestling scene... A quick word from Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. You can get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. I just got a big box from them this week. Uh, Everything in there is fantastic. Dollar Shave Club is an awesome life hack, the life hack that you need, and a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave, or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech that you don't actually need. Uh, I use my uh, DSC Executive Razor with the Dr. Carver Shave Butter. When I do that, the blade just gently glides over my skin, giving me such a smooth shave. Dr. Carver Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave. It helps prevent ingrown hairs and fights razor bumps. You too can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. And after that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Shave Butter. And after your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. There's no hidden fees, no commitments. You can cancel anytime you like. Uh, and you can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash masked. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash masked. All right, back to the show. Can we talk a little bit about Randy Orton's... Uh, yes, let's do, by all means, let's talk about Randy it. Randy Orton piggybacks on something that uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling trainer Rip Rogers says about the, the monotony uh, and the lack of psychology in... Uh, your classic independent worker mm-hmm. and uh, Orton goes to town. Bubba Ray Dudley responds. Wait, so or- but Orton just sort of like retweeted it or something, right? Or he just put dot, 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 dot dive and then tweeted and then retweeted the thing. Yeah. It, it, and then, and then eventually came back with a fairly well thought out or and at least well written like uh, iPhone note. That, it was w- written well enough as a, as a writer, editor, there's some changes I would have made. I would have, read, cha- I would have redlined that a bit. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Randy Orton is like amongst the top five most literate professional wrestlers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's not an, he's not an inherent of the Oxford comma, but I'm going to cut him a break because he was typing with his thumbs, presumably. Um, but I'm just going to read this really quickly. This is a direct quote from Randy Orton's iPhone. Sorry to the indie marks, indie guys, and old timers who do dives took offense. Just having a good time over a few drinks in Denmark, closing the SmackDown Live tour, while beating Raw and making over $5 million in the last 11 shows. Now, 
I know to some that doesn't equate to a standing room only crowd of 150 people paying $8 at an armory somewhere, but in the big boy world, that's called putting asses in seats. So enjoy your flips, dives, and 20 super kicks per match to each their own. I will go, quote, dive back into my 13th title run and get ready to, quote, flip when my bank statement comes this month. Many, many, many dots, and then closing with headlock. The headlock part was the best because do you ever see that sign? <laughs> it was, it was like at a raw or smackdown. Someone said uh, it was on the sign. It said, "Randy, another headlock?" Question mark. Yeah. And he's doing a headlock. Mm-hmm. He pulled like eight headlocks out of that main event yeah. uh, on Tuesday. Listen, but Randy Orton, I wish was playing that guy on TV yeah. and oh, not yeah. the silent assassin guy because he could get a lot of heel heat just being the anti indie guy. His best runs have been when he is playing a slightly just like dim entitled jack off. Yeah. And that's his, you know, whether that's this guy, his real personality or not, it kind of seems that way. It's definitely who he's perceived to be. Listen, I think that, uh, both Rip Rogers and Randy Orton, I mean, they're not totally wrong. I think it's, I think on the one hand, a lot of people that have this opinion about indie wrestling, it does a real disservice to the guys who are, who are promoting and booking indie wrestling. Because if you go to a show and sit and, Put your ass in a seat for two hours. You don't walk away feeling like you just saw the match, the same match five times. I mean, we're in LA, like we, like you know, we get to go see like PWG, and that's that is you know the cream of the crop for this stuff. There's a shit ton of super kicks and flips, and you know, flippy like two baby faces squaring off and doing matching moves and whatever. Like there's there's a lot of that, but they booked a show in a really smart way that you don't get overloaded with that stuff in back-to-back matches. You don't see people doing the same spots all the time. There is a lot of variety within the framework of, you know, quote unquote, indie wrestling, um, in a well told, in a well booked show. But if your exposure to indie wrestling is YouTube, then yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it, there, a lot of it does look the same and a lot and a lot of it's repetitive just like if the entirety of like if your only interaction with wwe was like handheld iphone videos of wwe house shows guess what everything would look the fucking same too i i think people need to differentiate between oh i don't like uh all the flips because of the lack of psychology and what the you know the real problem is with indie wrestling is it's not all the same quality so if you if you put indie wrestling into a bucket yes. and say all indie wrestling is like this and it's all flips and bullshit and there's no psychology and nobody they need to slow down and all that shit. Well, it's, that's like saying that triple A baseball is significantly better than single A baseball. The minor leagues are stratified uh, for a reason because their skill level the skill level goes up as you go up the ladder and you can't compare PWG to even Ring of Honor, you can't compare Ring of Honor to New Japan, which people always lump Japanese wrestling in with the indie style. Um, and you can't compare what happens in you know a tiny Evolve show or whatever with what happens in WWE. It's yeah. all very different. And just to shit on the idea of flips and dives is... I think it's just him getting heat, and oh, sure. I don't really take don't it think, seriously. But I it's, totally agree. It's silly. Rip Rogers general. is the real villain here. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rip Rogers is him. great. Yeah. No, and I think that the other, I mean, the other thing that that probably I don't know how big of a deal it is, but needs to be said in this context is that WWE has the real advantage. You're talking about Ring of Honor vis-a-vis PWG or whatever. I mean, they te- televised shows have the advantage of long-term storytelling. Yep. The indie that indie shows don't have, and I get like the va- like the general argument of. 
you know, you do your finisher 10 times in a match and finally at the end you do it like three times in a row and that, you know, it, like the idea that by old wrestling logic you've worn off the whatever, um, you've worn off the shine of the move. But you actually have to tell a story in the ring, you know? From the, I mean, this is what these old timers should be, should, I mean, uh, normally glorify. And if you have to do, you know, if the young bucks have to do whatever, like, th- uh, you know, three super kicks to make it matter when they miss the super kick, you know, whatever. Like, that's part of telling the story in the ring. Now, given it's on a different, the volume is turned up from where it would have been five years ago or 10 years ago or certainly long, 50 years ago. Um, but wrestling's always evolving, man. Yeah. Do you know how many suicide dives there were on WWE programming this week? I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, every big match had a suicide dive. I'm sick of that That's spot, a thing. By well, the way. yes. <laughs> the way that they do it, yeah. But, the, but, the, but, I mean, the idea of that happening a single time at all <laughs> at WrestleMania 10 years ago would have been nuts, the right? Undertaker was the only guy who did it. And, and like, every WWE, WWF main event in a pay-per-view in 1999 or 1998 was you brawl for a little bit, you go outside, you hit each other with some weapons and you brawl into the crowd and then you come back and then you do a bunch of high spots and then you do your finish and that finish will probably involve a run in, uh, the, the business changes. And, and the last thing I'll say about this before we actually talk about the match, which is probably not going to be that great, uh, is, you know, Orton always, you know, in these sorts of diatribes, throws out how much money he makes. But at the end of the day, the young bucks They're are making well. a lot of money. All the Bullet Club yeah. guys are making a lot of money doing flips and super kicks. And who gives a shit? That's like that's like me complaining that somebody who works for Sports Illustrated doing hockey profiles is making more money or you know less money or whatever yeah. than me doing something different from me. Sure. Who cares? Like. Everybody of, should do their shit. Speak, uh, two quick things. Speaking of making money, first of all, props to Marty Scroll for being uh, the new face of Top, Top Man. Man. Like, yeah. that's, that was an amazing commercial. And he is, I don't know, I mean, the people who are listening to this have probably never, I mean, I haven't spent much time watching the guy work, but man, he is fun to watch. He's very, very good. In a lot of ways, the first time you see him, he's like, a, like you think that he's, it's almost like a little kid went into his parents' closet and was just like, I'm going to put together a bad guy wrestling costume because it's like <laughs> there's an umbrella and there's like a fur coat and there's like sunglasses and his hair is all slick. Like there's a lot, like, like with Ty Dillinger, there's a lot of things going on, you know? But he's such a good worker. Like it's incredible. I don't, uh, he's one of these guys that I would have said would never, you know, a few years ago would never be too small to ever make it in WWE, but he is a gifted, gifted dude. I mean, whatever you have to do to get over, uh, I think any wrestler, or any fan of wrestling would say that's the that's the primary goal of anybody who gets into the wrestling business is get over. Yeah. And just to clarify a point I made earlier, um, Chris Benoit actually did some suicide dives back in the day, but uh, I would recommend that you not Google that to uh, to find the proof. <laughs> um, wow. The uh, um, so Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. I am I crazy for thinking Jinder might win this? No, I think it's very plausible. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I but don't if know it why. did happen, I wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, Jinder Mahal is the WWE champion." You would be excited because you're a big fan. Huge, of huge Jinder Mark, big fan of the uh, the Singh brothers and and everything that they're doing. I love when he speaks in Punjabi. It's really, really clever. Great way to get heat. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but they've given me enough heat for him to think that it's possible. And that's you know the kind of that's the whole point. Yeah. 
Um, I think on, it's gonna, not going to be a great match. It's going to be real slow. I, I'm less interested in this match on Sunday than I am in talking about the um, the gender AJ match that we got on. Uh, did we talk about Kevin Owens and AJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. My, my brain is broken. <laughs> the AJ gender Mahal match that was on Monday night, which was actually really fun. AJ Styles does it again, man. I mean, this it was a lot, it was a good match. Yeah. It was Wait, a great this, match. Is this yeah. the first? No, no, no. Their first match against each oh, other. Oh, it is. You know what? I'm blurring together Finn Balor getting his face broken. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, and you're not going to pull that shit on AJ Styles. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you one thing. I don't mind when these get when we get all these big matches on the weekly shows, but telling us over and over again, this is the first time we've ever seen this match when it may or may not be true. Really, like it, it takes the shine off of the. I don't even know which is the first time we've seen these matches, but we got three big, if not first time, then like kind of big singles matches, surprise singles matches this week which was uh, AJ versus Gender, and then on Raw we had Rollins versus Bray, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Finn versus Roman Reigns, which we'd seen before. But these three matches, to me, I, I kind of wanted to talk briefly about in, in some because they sort of plot the path forward. I mean, they, they're, they're all kind of glimpses into the potential future of WWE. Yeah. Now, uh, to, for, for the sake of argument, let's pretend that Gender Mahal is going to be a headliner for a while or, or you know, a top-tier guy for a while. I don't know. I mean, I was really entertained by the, by all three of those matches. And if you watched raw and SmackDown and were beaten down by the whole thing, I highly recommend you just go back and watch those three matches in a row because that's good wrestling. You know I mean? And there was good storytelling and they, again, they had, they had enough that they could tell the story in the ring. I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoyed, I think I feel like I enjoyed all three of those matches more than I've enjoyed matches in a while. And maybe it was just the time of day I was watching it, but man, those were those. Were, I had a lot of fun with all of those, and it made me sort of hopeful. Well, two things to your point about you know watching the whole match and oh, it's good wrestling, and maybe it's time of the day. Is the time of the day that you watch wrestling is important when it's eight o'clock at night, um, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and you you've worked a whole day, and you're like, oh man, I have to sit through all this stuff. Um, then it, 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 you're more apt to just fast forward or complain or look away or go get a beverage or whatever. When you're able to, when I can just focus and watch it during the day, then I can enjoy the wrestling. Um, another thing is, I wish that at some point there was a way, um, like the next day, on the network or, or or even you know when I DVR it, to be able to just skip to the match, because. Too often, I get bogged down in the length of the show, all the angles and thinking about the storylines and, and all that stuff, and I can't just enjoy the match. And when you watch match after match after match, and there are similar spots, and there are always going to be similar spots uh, in every wrestling show, you just kind of get numb to it because there's not enough variety in the way that they organize these matches. The finishes are all kind of the same. It's either a clean finish or a distraction. Um, there's not enough variety. So it would be nice to just watch Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, which was fantastic. And these guys need to work together more often. Those two. Roman Reigns, I mean, we're not, you know, people have been talking about it for a long time. He's a very good wrestler. He's come a long way and, and, and people booing him doesn't have a lot of a correlation to that one way or the other. But he is at his best when he is playing the foil to somebody like Finn or AJ who has a lot of mobility and a lot of electricity and uh, Roman sort of feeds off that and does a good job. I mean, you, you know, I'm like a diehard fan. I was a diehard fan of the Roman Reigns uh, uh, 
Bray Wyatt feuds back in the matches back in the day. Um, presumably we'll see, be seeing more of that in the not too distant future. But I mean, Roman, Roman is a good dance partner. Yeah. He, he's just gotta, he just has to have the right, the, someone has got to be leading the, or calling the match. I, don't, I mean, he might be calling him for all I know, but he's just got to have a good dancer standing next to him. Well, I, I like that he was kind of working heel against Finn. Oh, very much. Yeah. Um, it, it not only made sense for the size discrepancy between the two, but also his moveset often feels more of like a, like a heel moveset. Mm-hmm. Lots of punches, um, lots of power moves, lots of, you know, just grinding down the pace. He's not a quick worker the way that, that Finn Balor is. Uh, Finn Balor has a lot of poppy, exciting high spots in his arsenal, and that lends itself to being a babyface. Sure. I don't think he'll ever have a heel run in WWE because he's it, it just wouldn't make any sense for him. So when you put those two together, it's just natural that Roman's going to play the heel. And when you look at the roster, the WWE roster, there are only so many guys that Roman can really be a, a, a babyface against. Our producer, Jim Cunningham, is not here today, but uh, uh, he's great in case you're worried about him. nothing. He's in a, he's in a very important high-powered meeting. But the... Um, I was talking to him the other night. We were watching the basketball game and we were talking we were just doing that thing where you're watching TV and having a having a Steve Weiser and fantasy booking wrestling. Um, we I we fantasy booked. I don't remember who I think it was me, but it said I fantasy booked a, 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 a Finn Balor heel turn that would actually work. You're, you're going to go into it or are you ready? Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. Here's what here's what you got to do. Okay. Finn Balor I mean, this is skipping. I'm just giving you the very short version. Finn, uh, Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles form the Bullet Club in, okay. in a big, like, first night of NWO style, just like takeover. Now, I know what you're thinking. Even if they're heels, the crowd's going to be going nuts, and they will. But here's how you really turn them. Okay, I'm dubious. The fifth member of the Bullet Club is Roman Reigns. <laughs> You got me. <laughs> That's all it takes. We were fantasy booking this to so many degrees. Like the way that we had it was like, like they just had like John Cena comes out to take him down, and it's just a straight up replay of Hogan joining the NWO, and then a Cena joins, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, people actually be into Cena, you know? Like that would actually like because it would not only because we wanted a chance to cheer for Cena, he'd be turning heel. That's the big moment, but also because it would be such a you know nostalgic evocation of the of the NWO or whatever. But that would be great if like Cena came out did the exact same Hogan joins the NWO thing, but then they turned on John Cena and Roman Reigns came out and like joined the bullet club or something like that. Like it could, there, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of fun you can have with this fantasy booking. When you say things like this, I just get sad that we have to continue to watch babyface Roman Reigns when we know he would be way cooler and way more compelling if he was throwing up too sweet and doing dastardly things. Yeah. It's a bummer. I don't, I don't want to think about this anymore. It's like, Oh, what if what if you had done this instead of of that? It's like it's too late, man. Um, Sorry, I just got I just got word in my ear that we do actually have to get out of here. But the, the one big thing we have some news that I want you to run through before we get out of here in case we missed anything. But the one person who's you know who didn't get a future of the WWE match this week, who you know had who would have had one in in a perfect timeline is. Braun Strowman, whose uh, arm injury, elbow injury, has just been upgraded from, or downgraded, I don't know which one it is, from like two months out to six months out, according to WWE. That sounds like a work. Everybody seems to be thinking this is a work. 
Well, I mean, the, it's the a very dirt sheets strange... are saying it's a work. Huh? The dirt sheets are saying it's no, a work. No, I know. It, it just, it's a strange work because like the two month thing was a WWE, like WWE said that too, right? Yeah. It wasn't like we were, they were waiting to tell the story on WWE.com breaking news. It's going to be six months and then it's secretly only going to be two. I think they're trying to to toy with the idea of working the sheets and doing things that exist on the internet and and get um you know this the quote unquote smart fan to buy into their narrative. It's not yeah. going to work ever because at some point someone whoever that is is going to leak a, a thing to Dave Meltzer or I mean, yeah, someone is going to see Braun, Braun Strowman in an airport because you can't miss Braun Strowman in the airport. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only going to get harder and harder to work the smarts. Um, which is why I don't think that you're ever going to, you know, be able to do the kinds of like shocking heel turns that you're talking about. I, I <laughs> the most shocking heel turn of the last two years. Well, last year, I guess is, Gold dust turning on our truth, and no one's going to care about that. Even if we found out ahead of time, and be like, "Oh, great! Yeah. That's going to that's going to be a wonderful series of matches." So you so you don't think that he's really that that he's no. You you think there was a second diagnosis that put it beyond the the four to eight weeks, and and they're now and they're working that up, or is the idea that it was the same injury he always had, and they're just calling it six months now for storytelling purposes? Let me fantasy book very briefly. <laughs> Finn Balor wins at Extreme Rules. It's, it's David versus Goliath, this little guy versus this monster. You're talking about Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Balls of Fire. Yes, because I, I assume, based on all the dirt sheets, that the winner of this fatal five-way match at Extreme Rules is getting that first title shot. Well, I think they've Great been clear about that yet, right? I don't think they've mentioned the pay-per-view yet. They just said you get a title shot. I think that's but, because everyone refuses to say the words great balls of fire. <laughs> I hope they're having second thoughts about this horrible name. Anyway, so you've got this match. It's uh there's there's no way Finn Balor's gonna win. We're all just like, oh, he's getting creamed. He's trying super hard, but it's a big monster. And then, oh, Braun Strowman's music hits and he just wipes out Brock Lesnar. Just destroys him. DQ finish, match is over. You don't have to bury Finn Balor. Uh, you don't have to have the demon lose. Uh, in his first match back. Uh, and you set up Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman well, okay, for SummerSlam. I, I, we can't get any deeper in this because my immediate reaction is that why not just have, why not just have Finn win, the, win with, with Braun's help and have Braun and spin Braun and Brock into a non-title match. But Because you don't want to switch the belt because you want the big moment, the big win against Brock Lesnar to I be I understand Roman the arguments. I disagree. I know you. I, we all disagree. <laughs> but that's unfortunately we're not booking the show. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope Braun is not out for six months. I, don't, I hope so too. Can we get one Twitter question in yeah, before absolutely. we go? Let's do it. I just always feel bad when I say we're going to do Twitter questions. Make it as many as don't. you want to get in. They might get edited out by the jackasses in the back. Oh man, I'm really tired of the the corporate ministry that prevents us from answering your questions on the air, folks. Okay. Do you think Adam Cole signs with WWE and is it at NXT Chicago or NXT Brooklyn before SummerSlam? Even talk about NXT Brooklyn, at Walter thirty three. Um, are there rumors that he's going to like sign at NXT Takeover Chicago? Well, I mean, you have to assume because he's not signed with anyone, and if you decide you're not going to be at an, an ROH guy or a New Japan guy, yeah, you're probably going to WWE. Not a lot of options. 
um, I guess Impact Wrestling is an option for someone. Yeah, no, I think he's going to end up in WWE. Yeah, but do you think it's going to happen on Saturday? That would be really cool. Uh, he's on his way out of Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess this the speculation is running rampant, and I wasn't paying attention. I think Adam Cole is going to have a tougher road than people give him credit for, but he, like, he, you know, uh, like Marty Scroll, who we were talking about earlier, is a um, very, very talented dude. So I, I think he'll be able to pull it off. Um, that would be great, man. NXT's, I was watching NXT this week, and again, maybe I've just been in a good mood this week. NXT was like pleasantly surprising. Um, I'm excited about the TakeOver card, or at least I'm excited about that Rude Atami main event. Yeah, um, I think, it's, I think uh, they've, they've sort of, after the talent raid, they've, they've refocused, they have, they have their, their group of guys and they can really just be about wrestling for a while. I like it's a talent raid. Like, this is WCW <laughs> signing away. It's like, no, WWE has control over this talent raid. No, I understand. Um, yeah, Rude versus Tommy is going to be really fun. Um, and and that's enough reason to tune in on Saturday night. What's another question? Oh, Adam, what was it? Did I answer the Adam Cole question sufficiently? Yeah, we, we expect him to show up. Um, someone asked me, I'm trying to find the tweet. If we're ever going to talk about New Japan and if we're going to talk about um, Battle of Super Juniors, are you going to watch that? Sure. I feel like I watch all of this stuff. I, when we watch every wrestling show that comes on and then we get on the microphone, it's like we just blob about WWE for so long. I mean, to, to, be, to be fair, our audience is very, very smarky, but they're still very, very WWE-centric, as, as is the show. So, um, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. We'll talk about it when it starts. It doesn't start. Yet. It's like you, we done. We start talking about it. We start talking about a new Japan show, and then like someone makes a Roman Reigns joke, and we just can't get off that train. Yeah, I wish. Um, I can't find the guy who, who asked this question. If if you are the person who asked us to talk about New Japan's Battle of Super Juniors, please tweet at Mass Man Show or at Dave underscore Schilling and uh, demand your credit. I'm sorry about that, but we'll try to we'll try to work it in once it gets started. I think it starts tomorrow? Tonight. I think it starts tonight, actually, the first first show. That's breaking news. I mean, that's immediate news. Um, is that it for questions? We could ask some more, but... CM I mean, Punk was on... Um, was on The Challenge. I know. We, we I haven't watched it yet. Can we we'll just talk only about talk about... Well, let's, talk, let's talk only about The Challenge next week. If you guys want us to talk about The Challenge every week, please tweet at us at Mass Man Show, and we will consider it. Oh, but no. I have no... I'm, I'm actually... I'm, I, I definitely want to talk about I it. I absolutely want to talk about it, but I don't want to... You know, I don't want to tra- uh, tread on our, our, uh, our fellow uh, podcast... The um, what's what's Juliet and uh, jam that? session? Jam session, yeah. Juliet. Yeah, they Littman. talked about it this week, so check that out on channel thirty three. I think they talked about it. They talked they talked about it in the past. Um, maybe it'll be next week for them too. But yeah, it's a it's it's a big moment. It's a big it's a big moment for the ringer that these that all these worlds are colliding. Well, and that's, thank that's, you for MTV for making them happen. I think yeah. that it's I think that there's a big CM Punk conversation to be had because I don't I mean I can't believe we haven't talked about it at this point. But showing up on MTV challenge show is a pretty straightforward statement that like he would be working in WWE if they would have him or he would be a professional wrestler if 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 that were an opportunity. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, a real athlete if he was planning on continuing his UFC career in any in any serious way, he would not be on the MTV's the challenge. Well, I think there's been talk that he's going to fight again, but 
the guy needs money. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna work. Leave, leave, let's, no, let's no not. I'm, not, I'm not knocking him for doing it. Of course, I would. I would. I mean, I would be scared to death, but I would still. I would do that. I think if if he doesn't win the challenge this season, he that's two L's in a row for him, man. This, do you think this counts as an L? Yeah, this, oh the gosh. challenge. Okay, we're talking about this next week. We're the talking challenge about this, is America's fifth professional sport. We all know that. Are you are you actually putting hockey above it? Because I don't. I think it's the fourth. Look, I'm just I'm just parroting our, our our boys David Jacoby and Bill Simmons. That's all. That's that's that was that's I think it was the fourth. I think they used to say it was the fourth. They said the fifth. I think all they right. gave hockey some credit. I think like League of Legends is above <laughs> hockey at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think Overwatch is more popular than hockey. Um, all right, we got to get out of here, man. Thank you for saying it. Hey, I'm no so problem. Tired of saying those words again, guys. Subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, tweet at us at Mass Man Show. Thanks uh, to everybody in the back. Thanks to Dave as always for showing up. Um, apologies as always to Dean Ambrose. And we'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Thanks again to Dollar Shave Club for a great shave at a great price. Join Dollar Shave Club. New members get their first month of the Executive Razor and a tube of Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only $5. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash masked.